0: as well, but she'll be sharing, and uh, that'll be um, both, both services on uh, on next Sunday morning, which is great. If you don't know Pastor Margaret Pashley, the opportunity to come along, she's been uh, a part of uh, ministering in the Philippines probably about 37 years now, and we've been supportive of her all that time and a little bit longer. She used to be actually a pastor in this church, and now she's uh, doing a great job. Uh, has established um, many churches over there, but at the moment she's got a church. She has a Center for Change, as she calls it. Uh, there's uh, They minister to young children off the streets, bring them into uh, some care. Uh, they have a Christian school. Lots of things happening, but great opportunity. So that's next Sunday. But this Sunday, uh, I wanted, we want to just start a new series today. We just want to b- talk about I thought we'd talk about a really uh, good topic, great topic, uh, Jesus. Is that okay? Uh, something completely different? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when we talk about Christ, the baby, who grew into a man and died at the age of 33, uh, he's one of the most controversial figures it, that the world has ever known or it will ever know, I think. Uh, there's many people up there with who are controversial at the moment, but Christ has stood the test of time. And uh, there's some people who hate Him, uh, but many love Him. Many love Him. And, uh, and down through history, everyone has an opinion, don't they? And uh, still have an opinion of Jesus Christ and what He's about and who He is and all that type of thing. Some believe Jesus never existed, uh, never existed at all. Uh, they call themselves uh, atheists um some people believe um, believe that there was an historical Jesus he was a man but he was never God okay uh, the, the, and then then some people believe that you have no ability that we can't believe in anything you, you can't believe you can't prove God was there or you can't prove he wasn't there um, and uh, so that's what they believe you can't pl- prove Jesus was here or you can't prove he wasn't here um, well, there's a fair bit of proof that he was here wasn't it Um, They call themselves agnostics. Uh, So whatever today, uh, I believe Jesus, and I believe he was the Son of God. I call myself a Christian. (laughs) What about you? So uh, you know, there's lots of opinions about Christ, uh, and today uh, I suppose we want to talk uh, about Jesus and uh, his birth, of course, has a number of enlightening uh, words or uh, descriptions or adjectives that talk about Christ and throughout the Bible, but particularly His birth, there was a lot of things that were said about Christ, and uh, and some of them were metaphoric, uh, some of them um, were words that just enlighten us. And so today we want to start this little series, and and uh, that gives us insight into His character and into His purpose. And so let's uh, read from part of the of the um, you know the I suppose the Christmas story. Uh, not that the Bible calls it that, but we'll call it that. And I want to read some verses from Luke. Luke was a doctor, and so he he really does uh, give us some great description. The best description out of all those four gentlemen—Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John—Luke gives us a great description of the birth of Christ. And the story I want to just the part of the story. I won't read all of it, but part of the story today is is Jesus has been born in Bethlehem. He um, uh, he's been you know he's uh, uh, there in that stable, and now uh, Jesus is eight days old okay eight days old and uh, it's time the traditional jewish custom was to go to the temple and dedicate especially if it was a little boy uh, the first little son dedicate him to the lord and so that's what they were about to do so mary would have hopped back on that donkey i imagine not with the baby inside her but the baby in her arms and joseph would have walked alongside bethlehem is only several kilometers from jerusalem so it wasn't a long walk it wasn't a big, uh, it wasn't a big uh, you know, a, a full day. It was just a part of the day, and they got to Jerusalem. And then the story takes off. They went into the temple, and something incredibly interesting happened that they didn't expect to happen. And so we'll take up the story in verse 22 of Luke, chapter 2, and it says this. Then it was time for the purification offering, as required by the law of Moses after the birth of, of a child. And so his parents took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. And the law of the Lord says, if a woman's first child is a boy, he must be dedicated to the Lord. So they offered that sacrifice required in the law of the Lord, either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. At that time there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon. He was righteous and devout, and was eagerly awaiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him, and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And that day the Spirit led him into the temple So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as was required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and he praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I've seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what had been said about him. And then uh, Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, this baby's mother this child is destined to cause many in israel to fall and many others to rise and he has been sent as a sign from god but many will oppose him interesting interesting thoughts from simeon simeon and take note in verse twenty thirty two. he says jesus is a light to the nations take note of that he's a light to the nations today we're going to start this little series called jesus is and uh, the first one jesus is is a light. I love the last song uh, for many reasons but no more reason than the fact that it says Jesus light of the world, light of the world. You know um, when we come to Christmas there's some traditions that we all engage in. Uh, Presents giving is one of those, food eating is another (laughs) Um, but uh, we have a tradition on the 1st of December we put up our Christmas tree or thereabouts we try and get it to the first if it's appropriate on the 1st of December falls on the right day and so we put up a tri- christmas tree and and maybe some of you put up a christmas tree and um and christmas uh, you know the decorations go on there and the family come around and we we spent fussing over this tree you know uh and are carrying on and then uh you know the uh, put the star on top and for us it's an angel we have an angel we put on top and we have special decorations we put on it and, and our tree's got the lights built into it has anybody got a tree like that you don't have to put the lights on it just me, okay? Has anybody got else got a tree like that? No, no one's got a tree with the lights. Al- thank you, thank you. It's got the tr- the lights are already in, placed in that, so you know you don't have to put them on. That's what I'm trying to say. And so there's the crowning moment. It, it, the whole morning has, well, evening or whatever time it is, has been building to this point when someone turns, flicks the switch, and the Christmas tree lights on, and we all sit back and go, ah so nice now maybe you have a different tradition maybe you have traditions of putting strings of lights around your home around your eaves in your garden I don't know is anybody has anybody put do that is anybody here this morning <laughs> I, I, I'm sure my eyes are not just imagining you all thank you Sharon. so you know we have these traditions that we do don't we we have these traditions of... Uh, it's amazing you can, put, you can put your Christmas lights away, the string of Christmas lights away, every Christmas, and yet when you come to take them out the next year, they're still tangled. I don't know how that works, but it just seems to be the case. You know, is there some kind of Christmas light demon that just gets into that box? I wouldn't have a clue. But anyway, the tradition continues and we do something. Around the city, you'll notice houses with an incredible display of lights lately. You know, you walk even now as you drive around. Last night we were driving around a little bit, and some people go to a lot of trouble. Um, so I think we would agree that Christmas is synonymous with light. Um, it's synonymous with light, which is um, which is really fitting because it was God Himself who was the one who put a light in the sky, a bright light, a star uh, that that. Uh, that, uh, that uh, day when the three wise men, I can't say it was the very night of Jesus' birth. We often we get that wrong in Scripture because the, the, the shepherds turned up on the night of Jesus' birth, but the wise men didn't. It, was, it, would, it could have been up to a year later. <laughs> but anyway, on that faithful night when the, you know, the, there was a bright star that led the wise men to Jesus and it was a bright light. And, and so we see this, these lights were synonymous with the Christmas season, if not the night. But it wasn't just bright lights that shone brightly. It not, it was It's the only reference to light in the Bible, because many times in Scripture we see there's references to Jesus and the light and the light. And so if you uh, reoccurring images of Jesus, if you were to go back... Um, Apart from Simeon, I should say, Simeon, that day when Jesus was dedicated in the temple. But if you were to go back hundreds of years, 800 years earlier, actual fact, Isaiah, in, in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, actually said this, there, is, there will become a light dawning on people who, who, the people who live in darkness, talking about Christ, foretelling or prophesying about Jesus. A light will come because the people live in darkness. And then there was another prophet called Balaam. And he actually said something pretty miraculous or remarkable in Numbers 24, 17. He said that a star would come out of Jacob, talking about a bright light. And Jacob, of course, his name was changed to Israel. So he became the nation of Israel. And so a star would come out of the nation of Israel, talking about Jesus. This is hundreds of years earlier. Um, If we were to look at one of the very close disciples of Jesus, John, John 1 9. He says, you know what? Jesus is the true light that goes the light to everyone. If we were to look at Matthew, Matthew um, then then writes in his his gospel account, he talks about you know, the very he says the very thing that Isaiah says a light has come for those who are in darkness. And then we see Jesus himself actually says something in John's gospel. He says, you know, I'm the light of the world. He himself described himself he who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Can you see that the there is a common uh, reference here? And you and, and for most of us here today, it's probably like, yeah, I know that. But yeah, let's just investigate that a moment, because we need to understand what that really is saying. Every one of these, whether they're an Old Testament uh, writer or a New Testament writer, is declaring the same thing. There's, there's something that's going to be dawning on him on the people of this world and it's going to and it's going to encapsulate the truth and realities and the metaphor of light and what light's about um so and that encourages me greatly for a lot of reasons <laughs> but one of the reasons is is because life can get pretty dark sometimes and circumstances in life can you wonder where you're heading and what's happening and what God's up to you know God what are you saying to me <laughs> Am I hearing you right? Or Why, why why is this happening right now? Why did this eventuate? And there can be a lot of sometimes questions and a lot of thoughts, and we're not quite sure what's happening, and we're wondering when things are going to change. And while we all know God's timing is perfect, we just wish He was a bit earlier. (laughs) And the Christmas message brings good news for all of us that know sometimes how easy it is For us just to stumble around in a little bit of darkness at times. Not quite sure. Not quite sure with the future. So let me today just talk and share with you uh, some ways that Jesus is light. Because I think it's valuable information. I think it will be incredibly helpful for us today. Uh, Just three thoughts in regards to how Jesus is light today to humanity. And to you and I today in this century that we live in. This modern era that we live in. Uh, Okay. And the very first thing there is Jesus' light uh, by which you and I can know God. And you may may think, well, you know, how do I really... Have you ever, ever, ever stopped and paused in life and think, how do I really know what God's like? How do I know what God's like? Well, Simeon, in verse 32, is what I read out of the passage, actually said it. He says, you know, this baby will be a light that will reveal God to the nations, not just to the Jewish people. Not, but to the Gentiles as well—that's you and I, the non-Jewish people—to the na- he will be a light that will reveal um, God to the people. And so Jesus came for an express purpose to show us what God's like. Isn't that good news that God just didn't sit in heaven and say, "Well, I'm up here; you're down there. Uh, you know, try and make the most of it. Try and work out how, who I am." No, He says, "I'll send myself just like through the very person of Jesus Christ, so you might understand." We could take that for granted sometimes, but that's a powerful thought. You may say, but you know what? I, I, I didn't live. We're not living in the time that Jesus walked on earth. Well, not many people did. He was only here for 33 years. So there wasn't a lot that, uh, compared to the world's population that did see him. But do you know what? You and I today have got more information than the, th- than the 12 disciples ever had. You and I, and you and I today, have got more truth than that because they only had Old Testament. They only had Isaiah's account of the prophetic foretelling of Christ, Balaam's account, and other believers. They didn't. I know they had Jesus in the flesh, but it, it, but they were learning themselves that this was the Son of God. They didn't quite understand all that. I don't think really, truly until he died on the cross and rose again. And so. The interesting thing is, we can we can understand what ge- what we have the information, we have the truth, because the, the light, the word light in the Bible is a metaphor for un- for um, knowledge and understanding. Whenever you see it, that's what it'll be for, of knowledge and understanding. We can have a knowledge and understanding of what God's like. I know we haven't got Christ in the flesh, but we have the Holy Spirit, who reveals. us also to us what Jesus is like which reveals what God's like so if you've you've if you've you know look think about it this way when we talk about you know knowledge and, and understanding if you ever been um, uh, out of the loop in regard to some information and we have and we'll say this I've been kept in the dark uh, so darkness speaks of a lack of knowledge have you ever been then on the opposite the flip side of that is sometimes you're in a you're in a, a group of people and, they, and the information comes and you say you know what I've been enlightened so what's that saying uh, lights oh, it, it it speaks of knowledge you have some understanding now you have some knowledge of things and it's interesting uh, that's what light it, it talks about it talks about knowledge understanding of what god is like uh, in 2019 uh, my family, um, extended family, daughters uh, and their children, and w- one child at that stage. We went to New Zealand. Great place in New Zealand. And uh, <laughs> thank you. And so we, we explored the North Island, and uh, we spent a week, a couple of weeks there. And, and every couple of nights, two or three nights, we'd have a new Airbnb, you know, a new house. We'd pre- pre-planned it, and we'd all stay in that house and then explore that area and move on and all that type of thing so at night time in the middle of the night it's interesting I'd get up and I want to drink a water or other things um, and um, and so I'd um, get up and I'd forget where I was you know when you're in about five places in two weeks you kind of forget where and you know if you're in the deeper and you've got to get up and and you stumble around you kind of um, bump into a cupboard um, trip over a rug and and finally you just say just flick on the light and finally, yeah, definitely, finally you can look at that and you can, and finally you see clearly what's in the room, you know, finally you could see, it. you know, I should have done that at the start, I just didn't want to wake Michelle and then I finally thought, oh, far out, I can't see a thing here, it's so dark, I just need to see where I'm going and I've forgotten which house I'm living in at the moment and so you flick on the light, it's amazing, the light comes, you have knowledge straight away, straight away, you see clearly what's in the room and, you know, it helps you see what's been there all along. It helps you see what's been there all along. I want to tell you, God's been there all along. Right back to the moment when he even created universe and he said, let there be light. He's been there all along. And so the, the reality is many people stumble about in darkness uh, because sometimes they're wondering what God's like. I mean, is is God nice or, 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 or bad? Is God angry or is God... You know, good. What is God? Is God male, female, it? What What is God? Will God listen to me if I talk um, to Him? Um, does God want me to talk to Him? What's God like? And so we see all these questions. But if it, and the, the truth is, Jesus came and He turned the lights on because humanity still does stumble around in the rooms of life, trying to work out how life is to happen. And I know that there's a God who actually has the best plan and purpose. If we just would flick on the light, that is, understand who Christ is, come and receive him, receive him into our life. It's amazing how much you then understand what God's like. So when Jesus came, the light came on. Paul actually said this amazing. Um, Paul wrote to a group of people called the Corinthians Um they're in modern day Greece, in a city there that still exists today, and he wrote this. He says, For God said, Let there be light in the darkness. Second Corinthians 4 6. Let there be light in the darkness. Um, uh, sorry, for God who said, Let there be light in the darkness. Let's get it right. That has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. Did you notice the terminology or the language? It says, Know, light, see. All those words are talking about knowledge and understanding and we can know what God is like, and we can see the glory of God, and not just, a, not just in nature or sunrise or a bright star or anything like that, but we can see the glory of God in the very first person in the face of Jesus Christ. And you say, but we have no physical face to go by. Well, that's okay, because you know what? I think we, have, we can form our understanding through the knowledge and the truth of what His Word speaks to us about Christ. Because back then, they didn't have that knowledge of the New Testament. We do. And it's amazing what God can reveal to you, as you read His truth and understand what Jesus is like, and thus what God's like. Do you know God is so committed to make Himself known that He'll not He'll use different things to reveal Himself, different things to reveal Himself. If you look at the the um, the um, manger, if you look at the whole story of Christmas and the birth of Christ, the wise men were astrologers, so God used the stars for to lead them to Jesus. I mean. Um, the, shep, uh, the, he, he, the shepherds were men who understood how to look after sheep and lambs and animals generally. And so God used a manger, which is a feed trough, uh, in a stable. And they would have related to that. And that led them, uh, in a sense, that they saw Jesus through that. And, and then it's amazing how God used a stable, very humble circumstances, to communicate His Son's arrival and if jesus had been i mean if jesus had been born in a palace which would have been so much better for mary would you agree more private more sterile everything about it would have been great but he wasn't he was born in a humble stable to a little city in a little town called bethlehem and everybody in that town just knew that this jesus who was born even though they said he was a king he was born for everyday people who were were living in everyday little places he came for humanity and so god revealed himself through a humble circumstances of a stable in a little city called Bethlehem. It's amazing what God can use to show us what He's like. God uses whatever it takes to communicate uh, to us about His Son in order for us to know Him. And you know, the second thing, if if light reveals to us, the light of Jesus reveals to us what God's like, the second thing this morning is that the light reveals to us what we're like. We get to know what we are, who we are. We know our, start to know ourselves because of the light of Christ. I, uh, when I was younger, I, I, I become a Boy Scout. Anybody else become a Boy Scout or a Girl Guide? No? Are you ashamed of that? You're right? Yeah, yeah, good on you. Good on you. So I, was, I wasn't actually called a Boy Scout because I, I, was, I was only nine. So they called me a Cub. Does anybody ever remember that? We were called cubs, which is, I suppose, you know, we are a cub, the metaphor. Anyway, If you were, you could be a Boy Scout, but you, which was a metaphor for a wolf, I think. And if you were a, a, under, under 13, you you're a cub, which is the cub of the wolf. Anyway, it was, don't worry about it. But that's what they called us. I always thought it was an unusual name, but there we go. So every Friday night, I'd turn up and I'd go to, I'd go to the scout hut. Um, about, I think it was about 7 o'clock. And we'd go there and they'd teach us how to light fire who as a nine-year-old wouldn't want to light a fire i mean it was i mean you know forget about everything else but man they taught me how to light fires i wanted to be there and they taught us how to tie knots, which, which wasn't real that exciting. But, you know, fires were generally on my agenda. And every night we'd have some element of fun and, and they'd teach, try and teach us. And this night they, they wanted us to do an obstacle course because the scout hut was located on the edge of the bush in, in the um, city of Gympie. And uh, so what they wanted us to do was run this obstacle course and, and, you know, see who would win. And, you know, you get you get 15, you know, under 10 boys who doesn't want to win, <laughs> and so but the interesting thing was it was pitch black at night I, there mustn't have been a moon out it was dark really dark and they they kind of co- told us co- we kind of knew generally we hadn't been there but they kind of told us oh look i was new to the whole scouting fraternity so i didn't really know but there was this track and around in the bush there and and so if that wasn't hard enough they had look mind you they never had a thing called oh <laughs> no occupation health and safety you know, if you hurt yourself, you know, you know, no one thought about suing each other. Um, so, not only did they—it was the dead of night; it was a track I'd never been on, but it, we had to run it backwards. I thought, Who's I-? years later, I thought, whose idea was that, I tell you. Anyway, so I take off backwards, and I'm kind of jumping over logs as best I can. You can appreciate, not at a very fast pace, but we're getting there. Everybody's doing the same thing, and I'm about probably to the end of the pack, to be honest. Um, and, so I'm w- and And... And, and then it was a straight section. I thought, well, I can really take off here. And, you know, I, I thought I could run backwards and without looking. And, you know, that's what nine year old boys do. And little did I know, no one told me about it. They didn't do a, um, a um, what do they do when they look at everything and check out whether, what's it called? Risk assessment. Thank you. It was no risk assessment, but I, I'm, I'm running, you know, as flat as I thought I could. I was running pretty fast backwards, and there was a barbed wire fence. Well, you know, I hit it with the back of my legs, flipped over the fence, landed back on my stomach, and I thought, what just happened? I, and I felt this pain behind my legs, and then I looked up, and here's this barbed wire fence. And and so I started to feel the back of my leg. It hit me right here. I still had slight scars on the back of my legs. I'll show you later. So... but um. It's hard to f- it's hard to find in all the blotchy stuff now, but they're there. But anyway, I I kind of sat up, and I could feel the pain in the back of my legs, and I felt down, I felt some moisture, and uh, I thought, what's that? What have I done? I, I'm not sweating that most uh, that much. And anyway, I I, I picked myself up, pain, painful as it was, walked back. I obviously came in last. That's okay. I was probably um, m- annoyed about that but anyway I came in it's amazing when I got into the scout hut when when the light was there I could see exactly what happened and as I looked there was all these puncture marks in the back of my legs and blood was oozing down my legs that was the moisture and you know as a nine-year-old I thought I'd have to have them amputated so you know (laughs) there was just incredible anxiety right at that moment please understand you laugh but for me as a nine-year-old I thought my life is gone I survived. I walked again. So here's the point. It's amazing coming into the light reveals to me the condition of my wounds. It's amazing how coming into the light reveals the condition of our lives. Um, In the dark, I never really know, but the light, we can fully understand. And um, light helps me to see what really, uh, what's happening. And light reveals us to us it reveals us to us and and that's why i suppose you never put a mirror in a dark room because you can't see but when you put a mirror you put it in a a well-lit room and then you can see what you look like you do no one puts a mirror in a dark room you'd only put it in a dark room if you never really want to see yourself so light's not only revealing god to me light reveals me to me and in, I, I was thinking about this and it explains something to me that I've thought about in the Bible for a while. Have you ever wondered about the people who seem to know Jesus the best or the ones who really consider themselves to be the least? The fallen and the imperfect people. And, and, if, you, and if there was a man named Paul, as an example, Paul was interesting. I mean, he wrote half of the New Testament. I mean, he, in my eyes, he was a hero. He was a giant of the faith. Uh, back in the new testament but it's interesting in regard to the paul because he says i consider myself the chief of sinners and as i thought about that i thought paul you've just been a bit harsh on yourself aren't you you're really you're really you know that's a bit harsh but i've come to realize the closer you get to the light the more you own your own you you see your own condition is revealed to yourself you know what I'm saying? And the, and, the, and that's why pride and uh, and, the, and a genuine faith in Jesus often don't go together. <laughs> You've got to give up your pride sometimes to get closer to Him. And, and, and the reality is that the, as you grow in your faith in Jesus, the more humility that you find that you have to take on and get rid of ego and all that stuff that just wants to save me first. And the closer you get, You see more of God, but you also see more of yourself. More of yourself. And so Jesus is a light that reveals true human conditions. And I think that sometimes people get a little bit awkward when you mention Christ. Uh, No, I don't think it. I know it. I've always thought that, you know, you can be in a conversation with someone, and you know what? You can even be talking about God, and people will be generally okay with that. And then you can even be talking about Um, spiritual matters or even using the word faith and people generally okay and then you say jesus and they close up you know interesting isn't it i'm not saying that happens all the time i was i was just uh, a month ago i was washing my i was at the car wash interesting story i was at the car wash you know doing what you do washing the car then a guy i knew um from an organization um in this city that i know i've known him for many years and he, and he always is good for a chat and he was following me around the car as i'm washing it talking to me about spiritual things he's talking about heaven and i'm thinking oh, i want to stop and talk to him but you know i'm gonna have to zip the card again if you can. I can't just stop because money is you know what i'm saying and um it's <laughs> it's time and and Anyway, I'm watching the He didn't care. He was just telling me about his experiences and talking about heaven and spiritual things. And, and so we were engaging, and I, and I was doing what most men can't, and that was multitasking, thinking and working at the same time. It was amazing how God gives me this ability to do that sometimes. Anyway, what women can, I always do, men sometimes struggle with. Anyway, I was multitasking, and as I was talking to him, washing my car, and I thought, you know, I just stopped for a moment. And I said, I said, Bill, his name's not Bill, but uh, I said, Bill, do you believe in Jesus Christ? And he goes, hmm, I want to just tell you about this other situation. <laughs> Completely Like I, I, I just said, do you believe in Jesus Christ? Mm, but he, he just had to go to another corner. Uh, you know, willing to talk about spiritual things, but unwilling to talk about Jesus. And I started to think about that. And I start to think, really, what's happening here? I, and, I, I, and what I think is, I don't want. I think people don't want to be exposed, because when they come near the light, they, we start have to our lifestyle and our bad choices and our habits start to get revealed to us. And you know um, what happens is, it's safe not uh, to avoid the light and not talk about the light, not engage in the light, because it reveals to me who I am, me to me. And there are times when I'd rather not see me. And I want to be honest, even as a Christian, sometimes I don't want to see me. And I think, that's just yuck. But the closer I come. So, but there's some good news this morning, okay? <laughs> because when you see Jesus, um, we don't have to run from him. We can run into him. And, um, I mean, even Simeon, interesting enough, says to Mary, and I'll, I'll just paraphrase what I read earlier, Verse uh, 34 and 35, it says, this child is destined for many in Israel to f- the falling of many. And, and, and what it says, um, uh, he'll reveal the deepest thoughts of many people's hearts. And that's what happens. The closer we get, the closer he sees our hearts. And you know, right then we have a choice. We come draw close to him or we draw away from him. Someone once said to me, you know, sin will either keep you from Christ or it'll actually draw you to Christ if you want to give it up. But it's only when you want to give it up and humble yourselves that it'll draw us closer. You see, when you see Jesus' humility, it reveals my pride. When you see Jesus' generosity, it reveals my how self-absorbed I am. When you see Jesus' kindness towards imperfect people, it often reveals to me how much I'm judgmental. When I see Jesus' loyalty, it reveals how fickle I am sometimes and unfaithful. Um, Jesus' faith reveals my doubt and Jesus' death reveals my sin. But on the flip side of that, um, Jesus' love reveals my worth. Jesus' resurrection reveals my hope. Jesus' coming to earth reveals my hope. I'm sorry, my value to God, I should say. All those things. And so when Jesus spoke uh, when sorry when Simeon spoke over Jesus it's that he's a reveal of people's hearts it's so true the Christian life can be a life that you walk away or it can be a life that's incredibly joyful and peaceful because when we come to him in repentance it can be a joy not a burden it can be a lifting of the burden it can be a lifting of the issues it can be a lifting of the struggle and so the Christian life can be a joyful repentance and worship and, and because I draw closer to Him, the light can be a joyful experience where I throw off the past struggles, the past sin or the stuff that I just don't need in life, and a, and a, a transforming experience where I'm transformed from into something better than I was before, all because I draw near to Him. And I want to say, don't run for Him, run into Him. Don't run back into the darkness, run into the light, because it can be transforming and it can be incredible blessing and it can be an incredible life that He has for all of us. And you know, as Christians, we continually, I think we've got to get up every day and just draw near the light. Because the, the darkness wants to invade, either it's outside us wanting to invade in, or it's inside us wanting to destroy us from the inside out, because of habits, attitudes, and thoughts. But here's the light. So, I, so if you want to get to know yourself, get to know Jesus. And if you're willing, just step into the light. It's amazing how things start to change for us as we're exposed to the light of Christ. Here's the last one, in, which is shared. Jesus not only is a light to show us God, and Jesus not only a light to show us us, but Jesus is a light to which we know, can know a new day. I love this. Um, Simeon, back in our story again. Simeon had been waiting for the, the, the... It says in the New King James, the consolation of Israel. What a word. Um, it means the comfort of Israel. Uh, the rescue of Israel, that's what It means... But not just Israel, thankfully all humanity. Simeon had been waiting for that, the promised Savior. He was the, and his one last desire before he died, because God had told him so, that you won't die until you see the Messiah, until you see Jesus. And so in the sight of Jesus, remember the Scripture says, it says that Simeon was led by the Holy Spirit in the temple that day. It was a supernatural moment of connection that Simeon was about to have he didn't know that but he just felt led by the says he was led interesting enough Mary and Joseph just came because of natural means just tradition which is okay but Simeon came because of the Holy Spirit do you know that in life this we, we live out a natural life we live in a natural world but do you know there's a supernatural God that can do supernatural things Sometimes we're just going about our everyday natural things, but it's amazing how God can interact when we sometimes just believe in Him, have faith in Him, cry out to Him to help the amazing things that He can do. Supernatural. I mean, think of Jesus' birth. Mary and Joseph naturally went to Bethlehem to be, you know, because of the census and to be ticked off. Um, Not as an angry, just ticked off the censor list. Um, It was a natural thing, but the supernatural thing was what was in Mary's womb. It was a Supernatural conception, wasn't it? The shepherds had all these angels, you know, they were very natural. They had to walk to the Bethlehem to find that baby, the stable, and baby Jesus. But there was a supernatural occurrence when the angels sang and light lit, lit up the heavenlies. Wow. The wise men, whether it was six months or a year later. They, they were very much natural astrologers, but they had this unnatural star in the sky that led them to Jesus. Can you see there's an interaction of living in this world, but not. sometimes the world is not enough, and the Holy Ghost of the supernatural can happen. He can meet us where we're at. And this day, Simeon came by the presence of God. Mary and Joseph come by just natural means, just to do what the, that was important. And it was nothing wrong with dedicating their little son to, uh, to the Lord. But Simeon's heart was, he wanted to see the Messiah. God had promised him, You won't die. Now, when you think about this, Simeon, Simeon could have been excused for being downcast and sad because this meant the end for him on this. As soon as he saw Jesus, he could have thought, Well, this is the end now. I can die. That's not a very good thought. He said, It's not nice. But he wasn't downcast, he wasn't upset. He was the opposite. He was jubilant and excited. Why? Because this was the dawning of a new day for Israel and all humanity. He knew of all people at that moment, this is going to change the world. And I saw it. I was, I was one of the first to see it. And thank you, God, I can die in peace now, he said i can die in peace now you know if i'm gonna die you know i i want to have peace but i'm thinking uh, you know i'm gonna leave my family if i know that i'm gonna die and sometimes we don't know we're gonna die sometimes it'd be great you know just god just take me out real quick (laughs) i'd rather not know that i've got only so many days to live you know what i'm saying but anyway he knew that he he only had so many days weeks once whatever it was to live but yet he was excited and jubilant why What can give you that excitement and joy in life? That even though you're in the midst of sometimes difficult... A a, a a situation that by all means you should be sad and you should be um, grieving and you should be a whole bunch of stuff just anxious and worried and concerned and yet in the midst of it what can give you that kind of joy and peace in the midst of some of your most worst struggles i want to tell you when you understand that jesus christ comes wants to come into your life and he wants to give you every situation he wants to make a beautiful uh you know dawning of a new day out of even the most difficult situations we face and that that's what the presence and the Jesus Christ can do because we see often Jesus was referred to in Isaiah the dawning of a new day for people who are in darkness and everything about the light of Christ talks about this sunrise the dawning of a new day and you know his mercies are what new every morning so if you're up who likes to get up before the sunrise who likes to watch the sunrise it's fantastic I'm asking a lot of questions today, aren't I? <laughs> yeah, we are. Yeah. Sunrise, uh, you know, just watching. The, you know, every time we see that, you say, "Well, you know, God's mercies are you." I need God's mercies today. <laughs> it's a new day. If there's something about the light of Christ, it's always that it's a new day. I love that reality. Um, it's inspiring isn't it it's a new opportunities new beginnings no matter what's happened yesterday when we have a new day yesterday's gone today is a new day there can be new hope new love new opportunities new faith new steps to take new excitements new things in God you may say well today's going to be more of what was yesterday but you know what sometimes you just got to stop and see the goodness of God in the midst of the struggle and say God you know what I choose to see you today in this day because your mercies are new today Jesus come, and it's like a dawning of a new day. That's what they said about his birth. I love that. Jesus has come as a sunrise, and there's always opportunity for a new day, a new mercy, a new steps of faith, a new grace, a new day, new forgiveness, new hope for the future. In Christ, there is a brand new day. You know, Jesus will reveal God to us. Jesus will reveal us to us. But you know what? In Jesus, there's a hope and a future. Always, Jeremiah says that. There's a hope and a future. So how about we stand today as we close. And we're going to pray. And I invite the team just to come uh, up this morning. I was um, driving, um, just driving to church this morning, and and, um, Michelle and I have this little thing we do. We like to look at the the particular tree that's flowering for this season. You know the trees that flower different seasons. Right now, the Poinciana is flowering. It's a red flower. But even more brilliant than that, there's a tree. Apparently, it's called the Flame Tree. You can go to Lions Park and see three of them there. I, I drive past it in the morning on the way to church, and it's just a beautiful flame tree. and It's all red. I think all the leaves are red. I don't know. Or is it just that... I don't know what it is. It's, and it, and, but do you know in the other seasons, in winter, it's a very inconspicuous tree. You wouldn't even look at it. You wouldn't even look at it. But in summer, especially when you've had a bit of rain, this tree just... Phew, red flowers. It's amazing how trees respond to different seasons. And we don't have trees in in central Queensland that are deciduous or evergreens. We just have evergreens usually. Generally generally speaking, they don't lose their leaves. Some do. But some trees are amazing how they just blossom in the heat of the moment, the heat of summer. I'm always amazed at the Bougainvillea because with very little water or moisture, it's still flowers. It's got a prickly point to it, but <laughs> it's still flowers. And, you know, I was just driving to work, and, and I just felt in, to encourage um, someone today. Now, but sometimes you just, you just um, you, right now, you're feeling like you're in a moment in life where it's just, um, there's just no moisture, <laughs> so to speak, no spiritual intake, just difficult, a struggle, Quite, not quite sure and you felt like you've been stumbling through life and God's providence has probably kept you on track generally speaking but it's just there's just been some things that are happening but you know what just as the tree there's a moment when it will um, really blossom and there's a co- time coming in your life where uh, just like if you were to go to New South Wales country New South Wales let's just pick a city that I know, orange, for instance, it shines its brightest in winter because its leaves all start to fall off, but the leaves turn to this golden yellow and red and orange. And it shines its brightest in the moment when it almost looks like it's dying. And you may feel like you're dying today, but God would speak into your heart and he would just say, you know what? You could shine your brightest in the midst of that struggle if you would just allow him to dawn something fresh in your heart to inspire, to encourage, to put His presence upon you, to touch your life today and to be drawn closer to Him. It's the dawning of a new day. I mean, how long are you going to put up with what you're doing? There's something you've got to change. I think sometimes it's just coming near to Him that in the midst, sometimes the most difficult time, when a tree is losing its leaves, when it's, well, it, 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 it can be the best color of all. And he can really shine. And Jesus Christ wants to shine on your life and in your life. So today, let's just worship for a moment. Let's just come before him for a second. We've got some time, and as we before we close this service, and it, maybe today you just say, Father, I just gotta give it unto you. I just gotta surrender it. Why don't you just humble yourself today? And say, Father, here it is. Here's the thing. I got it. Hand it over again. Hand it over again today. And if you'd like us to do that, if you'd like us to pray together, I invite you just to come and stand before him while we sing this song and worship him. i, I just love to pray with you. I believe God's presence is here. God's touch is upon, wants to be here upon lives. Some of us feel like a dead tree, but you know, in the, those moments of deadness, there's an incredible um, opportunity to shine your brightest. So let's worship just for things, team.